Chapter Thirteen of the Complete Works of Bran the Iconoclast, Volume One, by William Cowper Bran. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Thirteen: A Pilgrimage to Perdition sir edwin arnold is a profound optimist and apparently not a little proud of it he recently said to a reporter the course of mankind is constantly towards perfection i believe in humanity i believe in the world's great future the trend of human events emphasizes the truth of this statement though we may be horrified to-day by reading of a brute who butchers his wife these events should not shake our faith if we look at the matter philosophically we will see that they are a diminishing series and that the world is growing grander and nobler optimism is a delightful thing but is too frequently the result of ignorance sir edwin is a learned and talented man but he is evidently a stranger to the great world which he discusses so complacently and approvingly the savant reposing in a palace chair which is rushing through the midnight storm at a rate of fifty miles an hour regards his situation with composure but the unlettered engineer whose eye is on the track who notes every slippery curve swollen stream and overhanging boulder who feels the motive power of that proud train swaying and plunging like a restless demon beneath his feet is apt to be anxious enough sir edwin is a palace car passenger on the great world train and knows little of the perils of the track his coach rolls smooth he takes his ease and indulges in optimistic moralizing while those who serve him look death in the face so frequently that they learn to mock him they take desperate chances that may plunge them down to destruction and drag all else after it has been my lot to look at life from the cab windows from the point of view of the man with the grimy hand and the soiled jacket while sir edwin has been contemplating with dreamy interest the far-away purple hills i have been compelled to scrutinize less rent objects closer at hand hence it is not strange that my opinion of the world should differ somewhat from that entertained by the speculative author of the light of asia in brief sir edwin knows all about the beauty wealth and success which makes earth a paradise for the few i something of that hideousness poverty and despair that make it a purgatory for the many that world to which sir edwin belongs and which he contemplates so approvingly is but a gold leaf on the graven image the bright foam on the bosom of a bottomless sea a verdant crust cast over a chaos of fierce despair which will some day rip it into a million ribbons and act an all-embracing french revolution that will sweep the car of progress back a thousand years on the crimson crest of a wave of blood and fire if sir edwin had explored the infernal vortex beneath his feet he would not talk so complacently of the trend of human events for the benefit of sir edwin and many other wealthy and cultured palace car passengers who amuse themselves with theories who infer that because human slavery is abolished in the occident and the thrones of the orient are beginning to totter before the might of democracy 
because science is marching on to triumph after triumph and no spanish inquisition or english court of high commission longer casts its upas shadow athwart the hearts of men the great world is growing nobler and better i hereby tender my services to pilot them through that perdition which does not hover indeterminate in the inane limbos of dogmatic theology but hath a well-defined latitude and longitude is visual tactual in which untold millions of mankind writhe and shriek from the cradle to the grave it is no long journey to the portals of the netherworld in many a costly church the worshippers may hear during the rests in the doxology the shrieks of the damned a walk of a few blocks at most in any of our great and many of our smaller american cities will enable us to enter that earthly gehenna whose horrors the pen of dante could scarce picture which threatens to engulf the world even in texas a land so favored by the gods so blessed with brave men and noble women we may enter the purlieus of the place of pain across whose portal is inscribed the legend o dark despair may commune with all gehenna's grisly gorgons and witness the writhings of thousands of wretched creatures beneath the fierce fire-whips of the infernal furies let us take a typical american city not that here we are nearer the great red heart of hell than are the people of other lands what is true of one is true in greater or lesser degree of every city throughout the world we will suppose the city we are to examine to contain a million inhabitants we will pause to contemplate its miles of broad streets and magnificent buildings its imposing schools and scores of costly churches that rear their symmetrical spires far into the empyrean and fill the great dome with their melodious chimes its marble fountains and costly plants which ravage the senses with sweet perfumes its wealth and wisdom luxury and learning its philanthropic people and happy homes where peace reigns and plenty ever smiles that is one side of the shield the one upon which the arnolds and talmages have looked so long that they forget there is any other that the golden veil may hide the face of a fury or a fiend the clock is proclaiming night and sin's high noon follow me and i will show you why i do not believe in humanity quite so implicitly as does sir edwin why even dr talmage has failed to wean me from the awful sin of pessimism it is not necessary to linger long in the low concert halls and brothels where girls scarce in their teens are made the prey of the rum inflamed passions of brutes old enough to be their grandsires where old roues many of whose names are a power on change bid against each other for half-developed maids whose virginity is certified to by a physician where green gawks from the country are made drunk with cheap wines sold to them at fancy prices by courtesans plucked and turned over to a subsidized police if they protest where hundreds of pure girls are entrapped drugged and ruined every day of the world these social ulcers are so protrusive have been written up so frequently by enterprising young reporters who naively suppose that to expose was to suppress that even optimistic dr talmage must at least be cognizant that such places exist 
even in brooklyn which enjoys the supernal blessing of his direct ministrations and from which moral mecca his sounding sentences are transmitted by the vicarious apostles of the press to all men who possess a penchant for light literature one glance into the low gambling dens where haggard creatures created in god's image but long ago degraded below the brute level nightly waste the few pence which they pick up heaven alone knows how perhaps by selling the virtue of their daughters robbing their wives of ill-got gains or plundering the pockets of drunken laborers we may pass by the opium joints where women of all ages and classes lie for hours stupid with filthy fumes at the mercy of bestial orientals and drunken negroes also those dives devoted to forms of debauchery so debased that many a blase man of the world does not believe their existence more than a demoniacal dream these are vortices of vice too fearfully foul for eyes of aught but fiends the air too putrid for lungs that inhale that of pure and happy homes we must shun those plague spots else bear false witness to the world for any true pen-picture of their hell-born horrors would like medusa's awful face turn all who gaze thereon to stone we must content ourselves with travelling the purlieus of perdition the sulphur fumes of those profounder depths of degradation being too strong for lungs accustomed to chant optimistic lays the glare of the burning marl too fierce for eyes used only to vernal meads and still waters but even here in the purgatorium as it were sights and sounds calculated to appall the stoutest heart are not wanting here stalks the demon poverty he is by no means so hideous as some of his brethren of the infernal hierarchy and perchance we may inspect his dominions without succumbing to moral hysteria poverty what do you know of it my well-fed optimistic friends you pay your taxes give a few pence to the beggar at the street corner perhaps contribute a few dollars to this or the other relief fund that does not relieve and wonder that people do not go to work and earn their bread there is always work for those who really want it one of you complacently informs me are you quite sure in a city like this we are traversing i have seen fifty thousand men who really wanted work and could not find it fifty thousand unemployed destitute and desperate people in one city i was one of the number why didn't they scatter you will ask whither should they go and how take to the snow-clad country be arrested as vags and herded as criminals for my part i did scatter tramped one hundred miles in a northern winter without food and found three days employment loading ice into box-cars many of those fifty thousand idle men had families to support how did they do it now you are getting into hell come with me and i will show you thousands of families in this city alone who have not had in six months as good a meal as could be picked out of your garbage barrel hundreds of families that sleep this winter night on the bare floor of filthy tenements are huddled like swine on an armful of foul rags and straw delicate women and children dying for lack of proper warmth and nourishment hundreds of men who regard it as a godsend 
to get arrested that they might have shelter from the piercing winds of the night and a bite to eat in the morning put your head into this ten-cent lodging-house if you want to get some new ideas regarding the trend of humanity glance into this low groggery but one of several thousand in this great city and size up the gang before being too sure that a pessimist is simply a person troubled with a superabundance of black bile of the million people who make up this great city probably six hundred thousand are already plunged deep in the abyss where lurk want and crime or trembling on its verge and the number who thus live from hand to mouth who feel that they have no stake in the country that god and man are against them is ever on the increase that verdant sun-kissed crust upon which arnold's complacently saunter and talmage's proudly strut grows thinner year by year while the fires below wax even hotter more turbulent more explosive would you know how thin this crust actually is how fissured and honeycombed from beneath until it can scarce sustain its own weight and the sulphur fumes ever rise through it like steam going through a sieve inspect the city government and note how and what constitutes the controlling power when you learn as you will if you examine carefully that those thousands of vile drinking dens dictate who shall be our public servants and what laws we shall live under that the madam of the fashionable bagnio is more potent at police headquarters than any delegation of the y m c a that no whereas or resolution of philanthropists can withstand the fiat of the ward bosses that everywhere there is collusion with criminals and jobbery perhaps you will not be quite so certain of the world's great future do you turn to the church to make good the promise of the optimist let us explore the amen corner and see how many pious souls we shall find there whose incomes are chiefly drawn from buildings rented for immoral purposes even while i write i see an old white-haired man whose power in prayer is the pride of his church making his rounds collecting his monthly stipend from the keepers of negro brothels and the lowest grade of drinking dens places where nightly assemble people of all ages colors and sexes and enact scenes that might bring a blush to even the brazen front of Belio. the church what is it doing to extinguish the well-nigh shoreless gehenna that threatens to engulf it drilling an auger hole here and there in the thin crust and pouring in a few drops of water or oil as the case may be founding a few missions distributing a little dole sending a few bibles to the heathen to offset the much bad whisky supplied them by christian countries perfecting its choir and sending its pastor to the orient to hunt for confirmation of holy scriptures amid the mummified cats of egypt or the hoary trash of palestine what is true of the city is true though in lesser degree of the country if you think our agricultural brethren have no taste of hell examine the list of mortgages if you do not believe that moloch is the presiding deity of commerce visit trafalgar square the place de la concorde or worst of all our own wall street in olden times men who despoiled others were called pirates and banditti were execrated by honest men anathematized by the church a price set upon their heads by the state yet they never pretended to be other than what they were 
they did their devilish work openly with the strong hand wall street is a den of banditti who rob not by open force but by secret fraud the tool of the seventeenth century freebooter was the flashing sword that of his nineteenth century successor the cowardly and sneaking lie the first pillaged a few ships towns and castles the latter plunders hundreds of thousands every year of the world and has the sublime audacity to come into court and plead that his business is both legitimate and necessary and so rotten is society so prostrate does it cower before the golden calf that the buccaneer instead of being bastinadoed or beheaded is crowned with bays how can we harmonize these stubborn facts with sir edwin's view that the course of mankind is constantly toward perfection of course we should uh, look at the matter philosophically the trouble is that too many contend themselves merely with philosophizing and do not look at the matter at all but only at some optimistic far-fetched theory thereof it is very pleasant to close our eyes and believe if we can that the world is gradually working out its salvation that it is steadily growing grander and nobler to preach against the sins of pessimism but unfortunately the stubborn fact is all too palpable that the shadow of the social world grows ever broader and deeper that while the sunlight gilds the mountain tops the great valleys wherein are congregated the millions of poor people who have no work are buried in Shimmerian night if sir edwin and dr talmage will but listen they may hear shrieks of woe and wail not unmingled with bitter curses cleaving that inky pall may hear voices proclaiming let there be light though the world blaze for it progress we boast of progress progress whither from the slavery of the auction block and the catanine tales to that of the great industrial system where souls as well as bodies are bought and sold where wealth is created as by the magic wand of a genie or the touch of gold accursed king midas while thousands and tens of thousands beg in god's great name for the poor privilege of wearing out their wretched lives in the brutal treadmill to barter their blood for a scanty crust of black bread and beg in vain then finding the world against them turn their hands against the world become recruits to the great army of crime from the childlike simplicity where man saw and adored the deity in all his works heard his laughter in the ripple of the stream his voice in the thunderstorm and saw his anger in the writhen bolt to the present age of scepticism where he can see his creator nowhere and blinder than his barbarian ancestors knowing more of processes but less of principles protests that force is the only demiurgus dead matter the only immortal progress towards greatness greatness of what certainly not of the individual for the present conditions tend toward mediocrity greatness of state what does eternity know of states that to promote their welfare immortal souls should be sacrificed why toil and travail suffer and sin for toy balloons which destiny will whistle down the winds there are entirely too many self-commissioned watchmen who like sir edwin sit at ease in their boxes and cry all's well meaning thereby that it is so with them 
too many seers who look into their own cosy back parlors and imagine that they are standing on a mirza's hill and reading the riddle of human life too many listening enchanted to their own sweet voices and mistaking the sound for a world-wide paean of praise or at least the drowsy hum of human content such are blind neros who complacently fiddle while rome is if not actually burning yet filled to overflowing with combustibles ready to burst into flame end of chapter thirteen a pilgrimage to perdition